Welcome to the ACT Podcast, a program on aging, communication, and technologies. ACT is a research project that considers what it means to age in an increasingly digital world. In each episode of this program, we take a look at a different issue of importance to older adults and bring you illuminating interviews and commentary that aim to inspire and engage. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Our planet is getting hotter and we are experiencing the consequences. Across Canada, we experience unpredictable weather every year. We're hitting heat-related records in the summer and we're experiencing unpredictable swings in temperature throughout spring, fall and winter. Forest fire season is interrupting flood season, which means forest fires are starting early in the spring. In the past few years, fires have burned into the late autumn. The prairies are seeing longer and more intense droughts. Canadians across the country are feeling the effects and Canadians living in cities are not an exception. Here in Quebec, a massive heat wave in the summer of 2018 had deadly outcomes for some people. Between June 30th to July 5th, average temperatures in many parts of the province hit 35 degrees Celsius, sometimes even going into the 40s with the humidex. Global News described it as the hottest stretch of weather in more than a decade. As a result, dozens of people lost their lives. The number of deaths is estimated to be more than 90 across the province, with over 50 of those in Montreal alone. Reports show that seniors suffered the most intensely during the 2018 heat wave. In fact, most people who lost their lives in the heat wave were over the age of 60. Global warming and extreme heat have become an increasing concern for older adults. A recent study by the World Health Organization predicts that heat exposure caused by climate change could lead to an additional 38,000 deaths among older people by the year 2030. On this episode of the ACT podcast, we look at how the problem of climate change intersects with aging and poses a serious threat to all of our futures. We ask why older people are especially vulnerable to our changing climate, and we discuss some of the things that might be done to better protect them. Stay with us. We begin today's program with Dr. Stephen Katz. Dr. Katz is a professor of sociology at Trent University in Peterborough, Ontario. His research focuses on critical gerontology, aging, and biopolitics. He has a lot to say about climate change and aging. We started by asking him about the recent history of deadly heat waves and how this trend will impact older people. Here's Stephen Katz. Um, Well, the recent history of heat waves have shown that a disproportionate number of older people um, particularly suffer during heat waves. And um, the evidence is in. Um, Perhaps the first uh, well-known case was the Chicago heat wave of 1995, where about 700 people died. Uh, Most were older and poor. Uh, The heat wave in France in 2003, a massive uh, catastrophe with, um, I think, something like 14,000 people who died during that heat wave. Again, mostly poor and older people. Uh, Hurricane Katrina, which was a hurricane, but there was a tremendous, you know, it was a tremendous humid and hot weather catastrophe that accompanied it, soaring temperatures. Um, 
something like 970 people died. Almost 50% were 75 or older. Um, this goes on and on. The heat waves in the UK and other parts of Europe occurring now are having tremendous consequences for older people. In Montreal, as you know, there was a disproportionate number of older people killed in the heat wave. I think it was in June, was it, this past year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, beginning um, of July. Beginning of July. And on and on we go. Um, the more that climate change is creating these huge, huge temperature fluctuations, the more older people are going to suffer. But before we take stock of what all this means on a social level, let's take a step back and look at it at a more individual level, the body. We asked even what exactly happens on an anatomical level in the bodies of elders as they cope with extreme heat. Some of the things that happen to older people, um, one is the fact that they may be more prone to asthma, allergies, Uh, respiratory problems. They may already have experienced cases of pneumonia. Um, They are also more prone to stroke and maybe cardiac cardiac, um, episodes. The side effects of medications uh, in terms of heat stroke anyway and heat stress have hardly been touched. haven't even been really written about that much. So Anatomically, I mean, physiologically, anyway, we have those kinds of things uh, to begin with, even Mm -hmm. though my interest is in the external factors. Heat waves have become almost expected in countries that are closer to the equator. But what about northern countries that don't necessarily have a history with extreme heat patterns? We asked Stephen Katz how these trends might impact northern countries like Canada, the UK, or Ireland. In some northern countries, although California isn't exactly normal, but uh, certainly Perry Sound is in Ontario, and British Columbia is the effect of heat waves on wild land fires, wildfire, out of control wildfires. Um, we kind of have gotten unfortunately used to them in southwestern the United States or Australia. Uh, but if you read the Globe Mail this morning, we have uncontrollable fires burning in Canada, too. And as they increase in size and destruction, they also affect the air. And again, the death toll includes a large number of older people from wildfires because of their frequent isolation, their inability to get away. They, so many of them can't just get in a car and take off. Um, And then there's smoke inhalation and air pollution that can be more devastating uh, for many of them. So there's a connecting point between heat waves, wildfires, and the suffering and vulnerability of older people in northern countries more and more. That's only one example. Um, Air pollution from heat waves also causes more cases of pneumonia, more asthma, more allergies, more respiratory problems, maybe hospitalization emergencies. It just sort of um, unrolls in all these kinds of ways and the connecting points haven't actually been put together. So 
the, the very first time I came here in 1962 uh, for Christmas vacation. So uh, one of my cousins was uh, showing me around. And do you know that my purse got frozen and, and I couldn't open it? <laughs> so when we went back home, I said to my father, here, even the purse is frozen, you know? Clelia Bello is an elderly woman who lives in Montreal. I'm originally from Buenos Aires, Argentina, and Buenos Aires is a very humid city. Mm. But then I lived in other places, uh, so uh, it, it's like uh, I went through different stages uh, of uh, uh, temperatures uh, yeah. throughout my life, you know. But I've been here in Montreal permanently since 1974. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I got more used to the cool <laughs> than the hot. <laughs> we sat down with Clelia Bello and Jenny Robertson. Both women are frequent visitors of Action Centreville, a community center that provides services and support to people aged 50 and older in downtown Montreal. We wanted to know how their record-setting 2018 heat waves impacted Clelia and Jenny, and how weather conditions affect them. Sometimes we have one day of, of it, but this time it was like a lot, mm. you know, which it was very strange for all of us, you know. And I also think that since I'm older, then like you feel bad more that when you're older, the cold is more cold and the heat is more uh, warm. Uh, so, but uh, well, what can we do? We live here. Yeah. <laughs> Clelia and Jenny told us that extreme heat is a challenge in their community. Older people they knew went to Action Centreville or shopping centers to spend some time in air conditioning. They limited their physical effort by finishing errands in the early mornings and relaxing during the daytime, and they made sure to drink lots of water. But ultimately, Clelia and Jenny said they adapted fairly easily to the heat. It's not summer weather that concerns them most, but rather weather extremes in all seasons. Maybe I would. I know we're talking about the summer, but I'd prefer in the winter mm. that they do more to remove the ice from the sidewalks. Like mm -hmm. that's for me more dangerous than the heat. For sure. I can't go out. I have to stay in, and I don't trust my cleats. I put on my boots either. Wow. <laughs> I have them, but I. Yeah. I, I find the winter is scarier mm -hmm. for me yeah. than the summer. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. It's for, for all of us. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 The, the drastic changes mm -hmm. that are difficult to live with from day to day. I mean, yeah. Think of last week. Mm -hmm. One day was 25 and the next day was 10 or something. Yeah. Yeah. That, that uh, and that happens in all the seasons, whether it's winter, summer, spring, or fall. It's drastic changes day by day. That's mm -hmm. harder to take than... A heat wave. A heat wave's pretty nice. Yeah. <laughs> and, and do you know what? I think that we are here. We are here. We live here, you know, day by day. And we are going to adapt us when we came, like when I came here, and I adapted to the winter, to this winter that I never experienced before, you know, and now I wouldn't change for anything. But uh, I think that uh, that is like our trademark, that we adapt. Well, yes, yeah. like Clelia says, we can adapt to the cold with all our layers, but ice 
is something else. And ice is something I don't remember from my childhood or my young adulthood or middle-aged adulthood. It's something for me quite recent that there's so much ice. And I'll go out in all kinds of cold snow. I love snow. But ice, that prevents me from going out. So we know that climate change disproportionately impacts elders, but can we go deeper in our understanding of the problem? We reached out to Rosemarie Wally, a retired teacher and lifelong social justice activist in Montreal. We wanted to talk to her about the root causes of this inequity. We started by asking Rosemarie how she and people she knew dealt with the heat wave. I think it very much depends. I mean, I'm in a position of being very privileged. You know, I'm white, I'm old, I have money. Um, I can run out and buy an air conditioner if I need to. But a lot of people are living in situations of poverty. I think the poorest group in our society, with single mothers, of course, are also older women living on their own. Mm. And they don't necessarily have the means to do that. While Rosemary didn't personally struggle with the effects of the heat wave, she says many other older adults did. Well, I think it speaks to the vulnerability of old people, and the vulnerability gets back to the very low status that we have in society, you know, whereby we're a forgotten, rather resented group of people. We're not considered like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, that that's, that's one of the, the things that happened. And the vulnerability is very real. You know, people don't necessarily have the energy to make sure that they're hydrated all the time. Um, They're taking medication that can really sort of tip the balance in terms of hydration, dehydration. And uh, we need to be more loved and cherished by society in general, I think. We asked Rosemary why she thinks this attitude towards elderly people exists. I think there's a lot of resentment towards old people because we're not working, we're retired. Plus we have pensions and look at the way in which younger people are having to struggle. Mm -hmm. So um, I think there is a lot of resentment. I think there's a lot of lack of understanding. Um, There's this business of dividing people according to their age, which is a rather (laughs) narrow way of doing it in our society, I think. If social attitudes and structures have to change in order to protect older people from the harms of climate change, where do we begin? Where can we look for inspiration on approaching aging in a different way? Here's Rosemary again. I think we need mass non-violent civil disobedience absolutely every day, absolutely everywhere. That's the only way that the government will in any way listen. I mean, if we're doing things like um, blocking auto routes, Uh, this kind of thing. I think we absolutely need to do that. And for that, we need older people and younger people together. Um, And we need old people to be respected and young people to have the time to get to know us better. But that's what I see as uh, the only possible way. But as long as um, old people are not respected, then this will continue. And for all that the, the indigenous communities have been totally devastated, their lang- land has been taken, etc., etc., by settlers, they have managed to, go, to keep intact that relationship of elders. Elders are very respected in indi- indigenous communities. And we could maybe look to them and imitate what they do. They, they've obviously um, 
kept that, that dignity, that respect for our elders. Mm. And that's what we need across the board on many, many topics. But when we're talking about global warming and this horrible summer that people have been through, that would be one thing. The United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change recently released a report that said we only have 12 years to rein in global warming. The scientists warned that we must limit global warming to a maximum of 1.5 degrees Celsius. That means 1.5 degrees warmer than the world was before industrialization. If we fail to do this, our world is at significantly higher risk of extreme floods, droughts, famine, and deadly heat. We've seen how these extreme weather patterns impact seniors even more deeply than the rest of us. But as Rosemary Wally said, there is hope in taking action for systemic change. People can come together in environmental movements. They can draw leadership from indigenous communities and worldviews, and form intergenerational bonds to support and respect elders. Thanks for listening to this episode of the ACT Podcast. We'd like to thank all of our guests, Dr. Stephen Katz, Clelia Bello, Jenny Robertson, and Rosemary Wally. We'll be back with more episodes in the coming months, and you can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or look out for more on the ACT website at actproject.ca. I'm Vipasha Sultana. This episode was written, recorded, and edited by Aaron Lakoff and produced by the ACT Project. ACT is based at Concordia University and funded by the Social Sciences and Humanities Research Council. Find us online at www.actproject.ca.